I'm Kristen, and this is the Explorer in You podcast. Now, what I've discovered after visiting five continents and some amazing places is that the greatest thing standing in your way of seeing the world is what you believe is possible. I believe that travel is for everyone on any budget, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So this podcast is all about unlocking the Explorer in you. You'll hear stories from people who will inspire you to set big travel goals and show you how to achieve them. Let's explore. Okay, so I'm one of those weird people who actually like to work out. I like getting my body moving, the endorphin rush, and just feeling strong. When I'm traveling, I'm usually getting a lot more steps in than usual, but I'm not doing a lot of the strength training that I typically do back home. And honestly, I'm not eating as healthy either. So that's why I was excited to talk with Olympic athlete, Katie Zafiris, about how to stay fit while traveling. Katie competed in the 2016 Olympics in Rio, and she is the 2019 International Triathlon Union World Triathlon Grand Final Gold Medalist and Triathlon Series Overall Champion. She spends about nine months out of the year training in different places around the world, and it was really interesting to hear not only about how to stay fit and healthy while on the road, but also what it's like to explore a place as an Olympic athlete and to hear about some of her favorite places in the world to train. She was supposed to participate in this year's Summer Olympics in Tokyo, and as we know, unfortunately, due to COVID, that was canceled, but we chatted a bit about what that experience has taught her about resilience. We talk about some simple travel gear to bring that will help you stay in shape and where you can work out with Katie every day live. So if you've ever wondered how to incorporate fitness and eat healthy during your travels, I know you'll get a lot out of this episode. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the show. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I thought we could start with you sharing a little bit about your journey to becoming an Olympic athlete. Yeah, so for me, I feel like um, my journey to becoming an Olympic athlete was a bit different um, because the sport I became an Olympic athlete in is triathlon, and I really didn't even start triathlon until 2012 after I graduated from college. So um, it was a bit later start for um, this, whatever my sport was for growing up, which was more, um, I was doing soccer, lacrosse, swimming. um, And then in high school, I started running. And ultimately, I ended up going to Syracuse University, ran division one, but I had that background in swimming. So USA triathlon, they have a program called the collegiate recruitment program and it basically um, recruits athletes who run division one and have a background in swimming think or vice versa and thinking that uh, they can teach you how to ride a bike so um, I was only um, contacted basically um, it was my fourth year of running at Syracuse and I had one more I had a fifth year of eligibility so um, I started kind of dabbling in triathlon and I'd done like a triathlon annually um, with my dad locally where I grew up like I did one my right after my senior year in high school but it was nothing that I had thought I would become go to the Olympics in or or be be a professional athlete in so um, that was really is because USA triathlon kind of found me um, 
that helped me to start this journey and become an Olympic athlete because ultimately, not ultimately, but when I was in, uh, when I was in college, I was just planning on going to be, a, become a physical education teacher. That's what I was, mm. that was what, what I was going to school for. So, um, when I had, right after I'd graduated, they were kind of getting this program together and they said, Hey, do you want to come out to train at, in Colorado Springs at the Olympic training center? Um, we're bringing a, a few athletes out and I was so torn because it was, it was like a big, big step. And it wasn't, it was, it was the unsafe option in, in the sense that it, I didn't know what would happen. There was less certainty in going to the Olympic training center and trying to become an Olympic athlete in a sport I'd never really done before versus like becoming a professional in physical or as a teacher and doing physical education. But I also know it was an opportunity I couldn't say no to. So um, that's, that's kind of where I, how I became a triathlete and then led to being in the Olympics. Do you think that your variety of doing different sports and not necessarily being a triathlete all the way up, do you think that actually benefited you? Um, I read this book called Range and it talked about how, um, you know, it's two different philosophies. You know, one is that you focus on like becoming a golfer, like your whole career and you just master that. But there's other school of thought where you know, it's the person who, I think Roger Federer was the example where he had tried all these different sports and that's actually what helped him become like this, you know, amazing tennis player. So I'm just curious if you feel like those other experiences actually really did inform becoming a triathlete and if so, how? Yeah, I firmly believe that having the variety in sport growing up really helped me. Also, triathlon's a bit of a newer sport. So I think it is easier to have a very diverse background in sports and then get into the sport later. Um, but I wouldn't change anything, you know, like even when I think about um, university and going to college as a runner, like I think that aspect of my life I needed. The time I was running in high school was um, more, I guess, on the basic level. And I really still needed to grow from that foundation of running. And that's what I found in college. And I became a lot better of a runner in college than I ever was in high school. And if I would have missed that opportunity, then I think my running might've been more stagnant and like, I may not have been able to improve quite as much in that discipline, which then carried over to the sport as a whole in triathlon. So for me, there's been nothing that I've wanted to change about that journey or the fact that I started later, because also I like that at 31 years old, I feel like I'm still continuing to improve and get better and learn, which is fun to be able to do. And I mean, now I still consider myself new at triathlon, but I've been doing it seven years. So I, I don't know when that changes, but right. <laughs> maybe um, it's a decade. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been a really, I just feel like, well, in general with my life, I just feel like everything happens for a reason. And the pathway to triathlon is exactly the same with that, is that I needed all those things to shape me into the athlete that I am, both in terms of like fitness and strength, but also like resiliency and the mental component and everything. Right. And then you mentioned that it wasn't the safest path, but it felt like something you re would regret not doing. Was there a certain 
moment that went along with that where you were just like, oh, I'm going to take this path? There were, I would say a couple moments. One of them was I was nannying for a family in Syracuse and I was in church with them when I was thinking about this option and the priest was doing his homily and it was, I I can't remember like the most specific portions of it, but it was basically like doing things that are scare you might have different benefits or being like embracing uncertainties and like I was listening thinking like he's talking to me and then like the woman who I babysit for looked at me and it's like he's talking to you <laughs> and so it was like a cool moment and I think that was like one of those where I just felt like okay like this is this is a sign um to go down this path and so then my dad like that winter my dad was driving me out to Colorado Springs it's like a 24-hour drive from Maryland and we got about an hour out from the springs and I was like I don't want to do this anymore like I like I was was scared I was nervous like as amazing as an opportunity as it is it's also very intimidating um I don't (laughs) I've always looked at the Olympians at like the highest of standards and um (laughs) and big shoes to fill right exactly and and just like not knowing the community and things like that but my dad was just like well if you like stay for a week if you don't if you don't like it if you're not enjoying it then like I'll fly back and then we drive home and I never obviously never called him (laughs) well I did call him but not to come pick me up (laughs) we've talked since (laughs) but um but no I and and I think just like it's it was it's been a lot of like embracing those uncertainties and the discomfort that something new or unknown is and that's a lot what you do in life and in sports so right right it's happened a lot since then (laughs) I'm sure I'm sure (laughs) um and then so being um an Olympic athlete it, it sounds like it takes you all around the world for most of the year to to train and stay at your um, level. So what do you like most about being able to travel for your job? Yeah, well, I love the fact that it takes me to places that I wouldn't have had on my list to go to if like a race or training options weren't there. So like one of my favorites is South Africa, um, specifically like the Stellenbosch and Cape Town area, because I just, I, I well, I love the food, but I also, I love the just dramatic um, landscape with the mountains and tabletop mountain and like the, I think it's this, I might get the number wrong, but like the seven apostles uh, mountain range that's, and it's just, it's amazing. And I don't think that would have been on the list that I would have had. And like going to, like going to the United Arab Emirates and little like little islands and communities that um I I feel like I'm not sure it would have I would have ever felt like I had a reason to go there or maybe I would have been like oh there's another place to go that's easier to get to you know right right so that's probably been the best place and also that with my job it's swimming biking and running and so whenever I'm training in these places I'm getting to see parts of it or explore different parts and that's always really enjoyable too. Wow yeah that sounds amazing. 
Um, and then, so you live a pretty nomadic lifestyle. So um, what do you feel are the advantages and the disadvantages to that? Or do you just love it? <laughs> there, are, there are mostly advantages, but there are like a few, <laughs> a few parts that definitely are, are hard. Um, I feel like the biggest advantage is just getting, getting to like, we just said, like explore and see different places and experience different cultures and um, meet like so many different people and have connections now all around the world and see how other people and places do things. Um, I think that's super interesting. And then I'm really fortunate because my husband does all this traveling with me. So where um, it would be much harder if we were separated whenever we were traveling, he's with me either um, training with me or he also um, is a, a sports photographer at the races and does like uh, social media content creation at the races. So um, being able to do this lifestyle together is awesome and to experience all these different things together. It does get a bit tiresome to be always be living out of a suitcase <laughs> and uh, we don't really have, we have like our licenses say California, but like <laughs> we don't really have like a home where we stay for like majority of the year. So the most we're ever in one place, well, probably would be COVID actually right now. We're in my, my parents' house uh, in Maryland where I grew up, but like typically the longest we are is maybe like three months, um, um, December to like February. So what is a typical day of training look like for you we could start there but then i also want to know um so do you train in australia we've trained a good amount of places um okay. a lot of our training i mean we've done bits of training in uh, gold coast noosa and brisbane for more extended training camps but mainly because we follow the races so um there were races that were in that area and then if we don't have a race, like a, often our training will be in um, a place we go often is Mallorca, which is um, a Spanish island. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it, it, living the hard life here. Mallorca <laughs> is definitely, definitely one of my favorites as well. Um, also, Benyoli, Spain, which is a place I could live. Um, that's just like 90 minutes north of uh, Barcelona. Um, and then- Is that but, Basque country? Uh, no, it's actually Catalonia. Got it. Okay. Um, and then, and then we also train in Les Angles, France, which is actually where we're supposed to be right now, but our plans kind of changed because of um, the travel restrictions and all that's going on. But some of our teammates are there training, but that's in the Pyrenees mountains right over the border of Spain. So just barely in France. <laughs> wow. I'm sure it's beautiful there. Yeah. So our typical like training day is um, it is so dependent because we have, I would say we have typical weeks. So we have like each day of the week ha is pretty standard for us, but each day of the week is very different from the other days. So like Monday, like today is a recovery day. So I just had like a super easy bike ride an easy swim. And then I'll do like some strength or gym work. The other days are like, we're always doing like two to three sessions a day. Okay. Um, not usually more than that. And then each day typically has like a focus for um, the training. So like tomorrow for us is like 
track Tuesday. So we'll do like a speed session. And then Wednesday is kind of like all three, but it's more endurance, um, more of an endurance day. So it ends up being a longer day, but nothing super hard or intense, not, not much intensity. And then um, Thursday, Thursdays, Thursday and Sundays are kind of my favorite because I don't have to swim on Thursday and Sunday. So, <laughs> so it ends up being a ride and a run, but it just kind of like every week is pretty similar and it'll build off the week before if it's, if we're in a building phase, but um, day to day is quite different. And then, so it sounds like you get some recovery days in between your workout days. Yeah, so we don't often take a day off. I've taken a few days off just during this phase with the coronavirus and stuff, just because it's been so much of just base training because we haven't been racing. Um, but typically we don't take any days off except for um, when we have like two weeks off between between seasons. Um, and instead it'll be like the like today, which is just like really chill and relaxed. Okay. And so when you're in these places, some of them you mentioned that you love, do you feel like you get to connect with the area that you're in and kind of check out the, the local life or are you mostly just focused on training? I would say me and my husband specifically are more like focused on training. Um, I think there's probably more opportunity to like really be more immersed in things but um that's not usually like our our style I guess we're just like way more laid back but I like seeing things just by like riding my bike and exploring different roads and different areas or trying to figure out different trails or um when we go to races in particular because a lot now a lot of the places we train are pretty similar. And even with racing, we go back to some of the same places year after year. So it's like finding um, the different spots that could be a little more fun and let us experience the actual place. Cause um, when I went to, when I went to Rio, I was pretty disappointed with my race. And when I look back at it, I was pretty disappointed with how I kind of handled the whole experience because our race was the second to last day and of the Olympics. And so I was so focused on the race and then the race was over. I was disappointed with my result and I like, and the Olympics was over basically. <laughs> and even though I got to go to the closing ceremonies and got to do a few cool things, I was like, oh, I really didn't take in that full experience of being at the Olympics and get to really appreciate it. So since then, my goal has been every place we go, like, yes, take triathlon seriously. It's my job, but also enjoy it, explore and have fun. And I've found that every year since then, I've done it better and better because it's more balanced. And so like, for instance, one of our races is in Bermuda. One of the, one of the top uh, triathletes in the world is also from Bermuda. So like, I'll message her and be like, where do you recommend going for like open water swim or like what's a good, where's a good place to run and um, just get tips on like little local, local things that I can kind of include in my training and to experience life wherever we are. And then also like I enjoy getting food from all the different places, mainly after the race. Yeah. <laughs> 
the places that you train, I mean, they must be pretty unpopulated, right? Like when you're doing a bike ride or, or even, you know, a run, I mean, you're probably seeing these places kind of to yourself, I would assume, besides, you know, people you're training with, but I think that's a pretty unique way of seeing a place. Yeah, I really like it because I feel like we might not always see like the typical tourist attractions. Like it kills me that we've flown in and out of the Barcelona airport like so many times and I've yet to go into the city of Barcelona. But like, <laughs> but I like getting to be able to explore like the countrysides or like get out of the cities and what's around the cities or even um, when we were in London, like like passing by the big attractions in London or like the palace and things like that but on on my bike it's almost like kind of like oh like hey like <laughs> that's like that's there and like I I really like kind of seeing it without the crowds and also sometimes um, we manipulate our training to be like super early in the morning especially on the bike just because we don't want to be on crowded roads so it's also a nicer way to see a quieter version of like these cities and so like for instance when we were in Lausanne Switzerland we would go and do like the bike course early early in the morning but also you're seeing like the whole area at a different um, pace I guess. Yeah I think it's such a unique way to see different places and besides being remote when you're doing your training um, but being up early is I mean you probably really do just get to enjoy it the place by yourself it feels like uh probably a lot of the times so are there any places that you train that you just really love and going back to yeah i mean i love i love bagnoles i love bagnoles spain um that's like it's just this quiet town can you spell that for me b-a-n-y-o-l-e-s okay and it's just, is A, I like the Spanish lifestyle. They're just like such a slower pace. I mean, especially again with the bike, like it's nice to have people who are patient and bike friendly and like, <laughs> like um, the roads are quiet and it's just, it's a beautiful small lake has like a trail around it. And it's, it's one of my favorite spots. Um, I also really enjoy the Australian lifestyle, but for different reasons, not not necessarily for um, the biking aspect. But I like the I like the ocean. I like the Australian oceans and just seeing that beauty. Um, we really enjoy training in Santa Cruz. Yeah, it's not a bad place to live. <laughs> no, no, that's where. Um, Tommy, my husband, was born and raised, and it's a pretty amazing place as well. So it's nice that we can find awesome places to train, whether we're home in the States or abroad. <laughs> it's pretty good. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, so I know that obviously, you know, staying healthy and fit is a big part of your life. Do you have any suggestions for us non-athletes on how to stay fit while traveling? Yeah, I would recommend, I mean, I think using activity to explore the area is an awesome way. Also, I have a biased opinion on it, but, <laughs> um, 
but like whether it's walking tours or renting a bike or um, seeing not just the parts that are going to be written up in all the like the magazines or travel magazines but also the lesser known areas and um, the more mellow areas I found to be like really really beautiful and just as um, amazing plus it's kind of like you get to see it a little bit more on your own um, I think like for eating wise especially if you're staying for a, a longer extended time like for sure like have fun trying out the different cuisine of the area but also if you're there for a while maybe bring like especially for us like when I go to races I, I really need to make sure that I'm not eating out and indulge like in an in indulgent type of eating out for all of my mm -hmm. meals um right. it adds up not just in like feeling a bit heavy before the race but also like monetary wise it, it's just the extra cost so like figuring out like I mean normally we'll do like normally we'll have breakfast provided for us at the hotels but we'll bring we'll do lunch by just like using those little like hotel fridges and having having a like self set up with that and then like figuring out where we want to go for dinner um it's a little different for us just because racing we're trying to conserve so much energy as well so um in in doing that we lack a little bit of like going out and enjoying like the nightlife but we'll use like uber eats or um like different delivery apps but you can really like with Google and everything, it's so easy to find healthy options and really like right. do that research, maybe before you even go on your trip or on the plane ride or whatever. But like to know once you get there, like some people enjoy the spontaneous aspect. I'm not, <laughs> I like, I like to plan. So, okay. so, so do I. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I, I like having like going through and finding like yeah like places that might be a little different than what I'm used to but also like that fit like the amount of money I want to spend the type of food I want to eat and all of that. So you were supposed to compete in the Olympics this summer in, in Tokyo and um, obviously that's been postponed because of COVID and um so I was thinking about you know you as an athlete and how important I'm sure mindset and mental strength is and so how are you staying positive about sort of this the turn of events and what has this experience taught you about resilience uh, I think it's definitely been a challenging time and I think my emotions and acceptance of everything has kind of fluctuated and had it's higher and lower points. Um, I've been trying to, like, I keep a list every night before I go to bed. I write 10 things I'm grateful for within the day. And I really think that's helped me to keep a positive mindset or like at least overall outlook, even if like maybe the day kind of felt like a darker day than others. Um, and then also really having communication with my support network, whether that's my sports psychologist, Tommy, or my coach or family, whatever. Um, but really talking to them and manipulating training a bit to fit whatever, like my state of mind or emotions are. So it's not like changing everything, but like, it's, it's a lot longer of a time between racing. <laughs> like I haven't never, I've never trained for this long of an extension. So 
if we're getting, if I'm getting drained and it's physical and emotional, like at the same time, then we might adapt training just for that. But um, I think having like the idea that like continue being grateful, going back to just enjoying the process and enjoying training and trying to, trying to walk like the path of least resistance with that. So even though in this time where we're not really going anywhere, but using it to explore, like I grew up in Hampstead, Maryland, but I've been exploring on my bike roads that I've never ridden before. And that's been really fun. Or like even yesterday, um, looking up different trails to run in and, and just kind of trying to find ways to build adventure and fun even though we're we're not actually going anywhere and just trying to have patience and be adaptable and so it's all like it's, it's definitely we're used to being uncomfortable we're used to kind of being needing to adapt for like different race situations different training but it's been used in a different way for this year <laughs> right yeah this is a whole <laughs> yeah other level of uncomfortable and, right. and needing to adapt. And I, I do like your, your approach to, I mean, trying to just explore in your own backyard and no one's explored everything in their, you know, neighborhood. So there's something that you can find somewhere. So it's kind of like what you're saying. It was just thinking about things differently, being resourceful and adapting and you know, sometimes that means looking closer to home for adventures and then, you know, you, you would normally think of doing. I did see that you started doing Instagram lives. And so yesterday was the first time I was able to pop on one because I w- I'd seen them come up on my phone and I was like, okay, I'm going to pop on this. And so you had, you were doing a book, book sort of like, this is what you're reading, which I thought was awesome because I'm a huge um, book nerd. And then um, you're doing a workout. So have you been doing like the mini workouts on your lives? Yep. Um, We've been doing them basically since like all this COVID stuff started. So the end of March, I, I kind of started doing them live. The planks and pajamas, that's what we call it, is <laughs> 10 I minutes love before. It. And basically, I always keep like a little checklist um, of different habits I want to do every single day. And I've done this for the past few years. And every, every year, it's very similar. And so 10 minutes of core always goes on it. And when coronavirus started, I felt like every a lot of people felt like their routines and everything was just like completely chaotic and that there was no more structure anymore. And what I wanted to do with planks and pajamas was just have something that people could feel like they had a routine with and that they could keep doing, even if the pools were closed, even if like they weren't able to do their typical training sessions, but realizing that habits can be small and they can be manageable and they can still have big, big impacts. So, um, and I was doing it with my older sister. And so then I was like, well, maybe other people would want, maybe other people would want to join. So um, I don't actually know like how many people um, are doing it with us or, um, but it's always been enough <laughs> that it keeps me going because um, it, it's been really cool to, A, I feel held accountable by the community, but also I feel like more people um, 
like having the structure and um i i say planks and pajamas because i want anybody of any skill set or whatever they're doing like to be way less i don't want it to be um like scary to do planks and pajamas because i'm like in my sports bra like in my workout clothes like the idea of planks and pajamas is that you can be in your pajamas or jeans right. or whatever you want <laughs> and like be and not need any equipment and for 10 minutes you can take that time for yourself and um well it's 11 minutes technically of <laughs> structure and then I try to keep it under 15 minutes of like talking but it's it's fun and we always share a little bit of our day and um yeah it's been it's been pretty cool to keep doing yeah I, I love it I just um well I just discovered it sounds like you've been doing it for a while but I'm gonna become a planks and pajamas person because it is super easy and it's nice to have that accountability. It's like okay, yeah, I can do it. Um, so I was glad I I found that. And so um, I know you're on Instagram, but are there other places that people can find out more about you? I would say like Instagram and Facebook. Um, so Instagram is kzafiris six k z a f e-r-e-s and the number six or um also i have a facebook or facebook athlete page so it's katie zafiris the same same as how i just spelt it um triathlete and both of those um actually have when we do planks and pajamas it's on both facebook and instagram for those who have one or the the other um and yeah we do it every night at 8 p.m eastern time but all of the videos are uploaded for if for if you a it's not time like we had some guy yesterday who was like hello from spain and i was like it's like 1 a.m you should be asleep (laughs) well maybe he had a really long siesta and then he had extra energy (laughs) i don't know i was like well you are a spanish so it does make sense you're up late but Yeah, that's a, that's pretty uh, dedicated. This wasn't in my list, but I'm wondering, are there any other exercises that, like, say you you can't get out, you know, for a bike ride or a swim, that you you're like, oh, but I can do this, like planking, that you can do, kind of anywhere, like if you're traveling. Well, like a lot of my exercises, so even with planks and pajamas, it maybe the name is a little bit misleading because it is like body weight exercises I we won't do 10 minutes just all of planks but uh, you'll kind of do a variation of exercises but um, I feel like there's quite a few different strength exercises where you can do with body weight or like one of my favorites is a stability ball to use I used to travel with a TRX um, and like to be able to do like that different type of exercise I haven't for a little bit I always travel with um swim bands so like um like elastic bungee bands and so like when we weren't able to get in the pools because of um the the gyms being shut down we were doing uh just different like swim uh uh, uh, can't i think of the word but bungee exercises type thing and then um like i honestly go on to like google or youtube and just like write it in like 20 minutes of cord that's where I do most of my workouts 
yeah, you can find like anything you're looking for. And then I also like for us with our bikes, we have like travel trainers that we can travel with that are like pretty well lightweight for all considering and we can put our situate our bikes on that so we can ride like today we rode indoors just because we kind of were pressed for time a little bit um but that's something we'll do if we're traveling for races and like like when we're in places like yokohama japan which you can actually ride on the roads like relatively like okay but the stoplights are like insane like a 90 minute ride will take you double the time just because you'll be sitting at stoplights for half the time so oh wow (laughs) so we'll be we'll just ride inside for like if we're in places like that or that are just a bit more busy um which is nice to have that option I think it was like some boutique hotel chain but they started including in every room a TRX setup which I thought was pretty nice I have to find it I have to look up which hotel chain it was but I thought that's a great idea (laughs) I think a lot of people would use it yeah and the cool thing about um a lot of the places we go in Europe or maybe not a lot of them but we've been to quite a few like sports hotels so like the place we stay in Mallorca it has a 25 meter pool that's part of the facility with lanes it has another like more recreational pool and then they also have like um like a spa that has massage and sports massage and then like under the hotel is like a whole storage area for the bikes where you get a key you lock your bike up and there's like a bike cleaning station and there's like a um, bike shop and uh, bike like maintenance for down there and like sports resorts are a lot more common I would say in Europe but it was it's it's an awesome setup and it's a great way like to go to a place and especially Mallorca because Mallorca a lot of people know it for like the beaches and um just that aspect of it but also they have a huge like cycling community where when you go during the off season like it's it's so many bikes it's more bikes than it is like cars on the road wow (laughs) um so it's pretty awesome just to see people like really enjoying the island that way nice yeah, and I actually don't think I really knew about um, sports hotels, so that's something I have to look into. Yeah, because it sounds like it makes it super easy. Yeah, that would be also my uh, way to stay. stay yeah, fit, stay at stay at one of those resorts. <laughs> so, what is your most meaningful travel experience? I think I would have to say meeting my husband. <laughs> Um, I would be probably, um, probably any other answer would not be great. Um, but yeah, I met my, I he met might my not husband. listen, you know, to this show. He's, he's just on that boat oh, above. It's okay. <laughs> Shoot. But um, we met in Tijavara's Hungary, actually. So wow. um, I just kind of got lucky that he was actually from the U.S. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's random. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a race there and it was funny because he doesn't drink and I, I'm not really a drinker as well. And we like both decided to go to this after party and because of us being kind of like flies on the wall more, uh, we just sat and talked the whole time. So, um, Oh, perfect. You guys like found each other. Yep. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So, so that was probably my, my most meaning travel experience. 
Yeah, I would say that's pretty meaningful. Yeah. Even if he's not sitting there. I would... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still say it. Still say right. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me. Like I got a lot about the Olympian lifestyle and how to stay fit when you're um, in all these different amazing places. Good luck in your continued training and thanks for chatting with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Explorer and You podcast. Now, here's what I want you to do next. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to right now and share it on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure to tag me at, at Explorer and You. Sharing on stories will help more people find this podcast and feel inspired to travel. I'll add it to my stories and give you a shout out too. And if you really enjoyed this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.